Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. <clears throat> from the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City on Fire Island, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at caregiverspace.org. Say hello, Adrian. Hi. <laughs> also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks. Kind of like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, you know, all that stuff. And we are a voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two again on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. Yes. Janet... Borgensen and Jonathan Schroeder finding fun in connection with vintage vinyl records. I know we're going to have to explain what exactly that means, and we will. But before we get started, I want to take this moment and thank last week's guest, Susan Shumsky, all about mind, energy, and emotional health. And just a reminder, you can watch and listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 26 global networks I mentioned earlier. Okay, enough of that. Jonathan and Janet, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> and I always like to ask my guests, just who are Jonathan and Janet and why were they placed on this earth? Uh, ladies first. Um, I'm Janet Borgerson, and I have spent a lot of time reading and writing in my life. And... Uh, that meant focusing on books and print, um, getting out into the world to then come back and write about it. But um, when I started taking care of my mom, helping with my mom, that that transformed some of the way I saw the world. And um, so I'm a little more in a different space now, which is which is a really good space, but um, different for someone who had spent a lot of time reading and writing. You're a caregiver. How about you, Jonathan? <laughs> Well, Janet and I both grew up in Flint, Michigan. We knew each other. Our parents just happened to have cottages on the same lake in northern Michigan. I hope you Indiana. didn't drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, in Flint, Flint's a good place to be from nowadays. But my parents still live there, so we end up spending some time back there. Uh, Janet and I were crazy about each other in high school, but we really didn't date. We didn't go to the prom. But when we were in our 30s, we ended up seeing each other on this lake in northern Michigan, and oh, we'd always oh, kept in touch, and we just decided, you know, we better do something about this. <laughs> so Janet broke up with the guy that she was living in a house with, and I broke up with a woman I was seeing for two years, kind of abruptly, I'm sorry. Um, and we got together uh, and began to really seriously live our lives together. And one of the things we do is collect vinyl records. Really? 
And what do you do with these vinyl records now that you're both caregivers? You are both, you're a caregiver too, right? Yeah, my, my parents are 92 and 93, and uh, they're still living in the house I grew up in. So they're still, I go home, and when I go to help, help them, I stay in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> There's a new mattress. Yep. We have a new mattress. It's not the same. My adult married kids started, uh, you know, with kids of their own, started collecting vinyl records, and I was so upset because they forced me to get rid of my vinyl uh, in in lieu of CDs, uh, you know, I had to, I right. had to, this was like 20, 30 years ago, however long it was. And, uh, you know, I like to hang on to things like VCRs and, mm-hmm. and uh, four track, eight track tapes. But, but uh, I finally did it finally took the, the plunge. And now I hear that they're, uh, it's the latest thing. And they're, you know they like the crackling sound. I I don't get it. I'm just sorry. <laughs> Why did they make me change in the first place? Why, Why did they make you get crackling? rid of them? That's terrible. I remember nobody my dad. wanted them back in those days. Don't you remember? Oh, we, my first concert. <laughs> really? So yeah. you remember Balcony Rock, which is on this one, and uh, this was this is my dad's record, and I remember him telling me about it when I was younger, and yeah, I was probably buying CDs or you know I wasn't so into what he had listened to, but um, yeah, a couple years ago, uh, I found this, I pulled it out, I put it on, and he got so excited because a couple of these tracks were recorded in Ann Arbor, and that's well, where he still had heard had a- it. You still had a phonograph to put it on? Oh yes. We've always had we've always had turntables. I've had my own. My dad and mom had their turntable. Yeah. And uh so this this Dave Brubeck Jazz Go to College, um, it was kind of a connection back to, to yeah. that moment, me remembering um changing from not really being interested in what my dad was telling me to realizing that <laughs> what he was telling me was actually sort of interesting. And now one of the things that we love is we might bring out a record like Jazz Goes to College, Dave Brubeck, or, or maybe one like this, the Duke Ellington, um, with lots of big band songs, really great. And on the back of both of these records, there are liner notes. And although I cannot get my dad to read a book, I've gotten books that would relate to topics he was interested in when he was younger. Um, I've gotten books that are stories written in places that he was fascinated with and he i just can't get him to read them but if i give him a record album with liner notes even if they're the size of the tiniest print you can imagine he will read the liner notes from cover to cover so it's become um a topic of conversation it's become a way to use these record album covers to bring a little bit of excitement in life and of course you can play the record which is nice too if yeah you well you read it while music. you're listening to the record that's what we used to do right so yeah. that's what he did yeah so what a great 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 idea it's it's not just the music it's the album cover no and you know in these days you could pull up um the song you want to hear on your phone which is one thing I think is so convenient about this is that we get these records maybe for a dollar a piece at uh, the bargain bin in a local uh, record store, like music for an Italian dinner at home (laughs) and on the back are recipes. So 
you know, you could plan an imaginary dinner party. You could talk to people about their favorite dishes that they used to cook or that their parents used to cook for them. And, and if you want to hear a song on it, you could just pull it up on your phone. You don't even need a turntable to, to listen to the music. And this is also entertaining for the caregiver because, I mean, when's the last time they read a, read a record album, right? Especially if yeah. you're picking up new ones at the uh, thrift store. What a bargain. Yeah. And he, he, he really does. He pours over the liner notes and he sings along. You know, he remembers the lyrics. And again, you know, he's having trouble with his short-term memory. But wow, he can remember song lyrics from 70 years ago. And I think one of the powerful things is we realized some of the records were his father's, so Janet's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And so Janet's dad had been singing along when he was a kid. <laughs> you know, to we exactly went, the record. We went so through. They're uh, in good condition. So Most far. of them are pretty good, you know. And and if if you if you keep, I mean, I think they were generally taken care of. And then there was this huge period of about fifty years where nobody played them. Yeah. Right, nobody playing. Vintage. Yeah, you know the, um, the ones you get in bargain bins are not necessarily in good shape. But the um, covers are still re- reminiscent. Yeah, that's right. So the covers are enough, and then if you have to hear a song and you don't have a turntable, you can just pull it up. Or if it's all scratched, um, it doesn't matter. You can just play it from an iPad. Or it mm-hmm. skips. I hate when they skip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we put. We went through my mother and then my, my mother-in-law, dementia, mm-hmm. and then uh, her husband. And so we had a nice little break. But now my mother's sister uh, has just come down with dementia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and me and my sister are the only living relatives here on the West Coast that can care for her. So it's like starting all over again. It's, oh, my gosh. you know. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know. I the thing we had in common is we both sang karaoke at her place and then COVID stopped it and we miss it terribly. But um, that would be a great idea for my aunt Joan to get some uh, covers of her favorite music and get a microphone and a little uh, speaker and mm-hmm. go <laughs> and bring the album cover in. And yes, I think that would make her so happy and I would have fun, too. Because, you know, you could decide to pull some stuff out of the closet, find a scarf that that was reminiscent of the 70s or find, um, you know, a pair of, uh, I don't know, a cowboy shirt reminiscent of the square dances (laughs) that that your Aunt Joan used to go to. And you could say, let's pull out a scarf and let's let's sing along to this song. Let's be inspired by what they're wearing, what they what they're singing. Yeah. You're getting me excited here because <laughs> I was saying, what am I going to do with her? But now you just solved the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the most recent thing that we focused on was dancing. Um, and, you know, these rhythms, people remember these rhythms. Yeah. If all they can do is chair dance. Yes. Yeah. And that's I mean, I've seen I've seen on on my site some people post uh, pictures of of their grandmothers or their or their parents with with blues music or whatever, and the memory and they're they're like lip syncing the songs or singing along with it and really wailing with the music. <laughs> they love it. Yeah, it's I- great. 
I think it, and it gives you a, gives you permission to be excited and enthusiastic. Yeah. Now you haven't brought up the fact of, of singing along uh, or a karaoke or a microphone. Uh, uh, have you done that as well? Does he like I've... to sing? Well, I know it's difficult to sing with a jazz, uh, a jazz <laughs> album, but, uh, but no, he's is that not... what he is a jazz fan. Well, he would, I mean, like Jonathan said, some of the records we pulled out were records that were in the household when he was a kid Mm -hmm. and they were quite scratchy and they required a 78 speed, but we put it on and he did start singing to, there was one about a woman who had an Irish name and um, bicycle built for two. And I didn't prompt him, but because, because he heard that, you know, I mean, he's he's cognizant. He's not completely. Uh, it's not like he just started bursting out in song and he never speaks because he talks and you know we we have conversations. But um, just unprompted, you know, he got so excited by the fact that this was a record that he had learned the the lyrics to when he was just a little boy. And yet, on the other hand, you know, I think this is this is something else. You know, sometimes maybe maybe the guys are a little bit like, well, they don't want to sing along to Bicycle Built for Two. But if you know somebody went to a particular school, like if it were, you know, Columbia or Princeton or University of Illinois, they have these records. And these people might even have, you know, records in their own collection that they used to listen to. But I love the idea that, yeah, my dad, you know, I could we could get out our blue and maize and blue and sing along to hail to the victors, you know, that kind of thing, wow. connecting it to um, maybe the, the football game we're going to watch or the baseball game we're going to watch, or, you know, dancing with the stars. Oh, let's put a, let's put a square dance record on. Let's put a Samba record on and get into that music. And then, Oh, it makes it more fun to sit then and watch maybe the TV show. So you can kind of tie in the, the yeah. themes. Right. Does he like to dance? Oh my God. Yeah, my dad was an amazing dancer. dancer. Really? And he would spin my mom. She was, he was six, two and she was five, one and he would spin <laughs> her around the floor. My poor mom, she was just out of control the whole time. Cause he was pulling her this way <laughs> and that, but you know, balance issues. Um, you know, I remember the last time that um, my mom got out and danced with my dad and, and really, really danced. And she was having aphasia by then. And she was, um, but her balance, she was always, you know, doing exercise, but she got out on the floor with my dad and it was at a Halloween party. Right. So everyone was excited and they danced like crazy, you know, but not too long after that, my dad became very afraid of falling. And uh, my mom ultimately did fall, not dancing, but you know, some dumb little thing. She just tipped back. Um, but with her walker, even if we would put the music on with the iPad, you know, she, she loved steel drum music so we always had harry belafonte and you know those musics playing wow that's a lot of fun when did you first uh, start collecting these things well it's funny we i mean i think both of us started buying records you know when we were pretty young and then in high school we got really into music and so you never stopped we never no, exactly really stopped. <laughs> and, and i never really thought of myself as a collector it's just I never got rid of my records. And then did you buy CDs when they I, came we out? did. Yeah. I got CDs and you know, we but you, but you kept I, the LPs, just kept the LPs and you know, I do stream occasionally, but, uh, but why we, did, why did you keep the LPs? That's what I want to know. I was way too cheap. 
to <laughs> buy all the CDs to replace the <clears throat> records that I loved. I mean, I think that was part of it. I thought, well, I knew people who were replacing their entire right. LP collection. I thought, oh, that's insane. I like my records. They're never going to go out. I, I always would have something to play them on. So it never occurred to me to, to get rid of them. Wow. You're one of the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think I was in grad school in Madison, Wisconsin, and I lived around the corner from a St. Vincent de Paul. Uh-huh. And I'd be putting off my essay writing or studying for whatever. And I would go over to St. Vinny's and I would peruse the China which was wonderful, all that old diner china coming out of the, the rural Wisconsin dinner clubs, you know, those were fun. But there were records and the St. Vinny's records were fantastic. And that's when I started buying records for the, like the goofy covers or, you know, so like witchcraft, yeah. right? You know, something <laughs> crazy. Or, you know, I was doing some work on feminist philosophy. And in the 50s, there were these um, women in martini glasses wearing little outfits. And I thought, oh, this is perfect. This is helping to um, explicate some of the concepts concepts that I'm looking at in my feminist um, philosophy classes. And actually, for my PhD defense, I brought records and held them up. And one of them was called Girls Were Made to Take Care of Boys. <laughs> and I said, this is why I'm writing this thesis. I think they thought I was crazy, but you know. Uh, I'm afraid to ask, but just how many LPs do you have in your collection? <laughs> we probably have about 6,000 records now. 6,000. How much room does 6,000 records take up? Well, we, we have one whole room in our house, kind of. We call it the media room, but mostly it's records, kind of floor to ceiling. Stacked vertically or horizontally yeah. on shelves? How are you doing that? All, everything, all of the above, yeah. Kind of big, big shelves with records, but they have. This they way. Have, <laughs> they that's have that's the same. Out. <laughs> They have flowed out to almost every room of the house. So Yeah, they're everywhere. But how do and you find everywhere. what you want? How do you organize them? Or they're not? They're well, well organized. I mean, I, and I mean themes. One, one whole genre of music that we have we call, you know, international around the world. And some of them is, you know, it'll be like serious music from Tahiti or, you know, actual, actual Japanese orchestra music. And we group them in with music, which is completely inauthentic you know just like hawaiian music with dudes from you know indiana playing yeah we have don ho's one of the more authentic ones you know of his era but indeed oh yes we have tiny bubbles um but you know every once in a while i'll go through those international records and i'll say now why do i have new zealand next to um japan Maybe New Zealand should actually be closer to, and then I'll start reorganizing the international section. And I feel like I've learned a lot about world geography and politics based on what record um, countries I felt went next to each other. And it's really changed. So maybe initially I had the U.S. next to England. But I'm like, the U.S. isn't next to England. Oh, maybe I should have England next to its the countries that it had colonial power over. Maybe I should. So we relentlessly reorganize our records. <laughs> so it, it depends on the era we're in. So you must be listening to music every minute of the day. <laughs> we, we, I, I think I like to have music on all the time. Janet, maybe not quite as much. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm getting a lot of new records and we ended up writing books about records. So it's become kind of not just a passion, but a, a vocation. So, and when we write these books, we have to listen to every single record we're talking about. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay, today we're going to have to listen to these five records and then we're going to write about them. Well, give me the example of a book that you wrote about, about a record. The first book we wrote in, in this area was called Design for Hi-Fi Living. The ah. vinyl, it's called, and the subtitle is The Vinyl LP in Mid-Century America. And we really tried to tell the story of post-war America through record albums, you know, especially the covers. We're really interested in the cover art, the design, the photography. So you it had those much pictures more... in the book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, almost how many records were in the first book? 150 100, or so? 150 in the first book. And we divided it up into categories like let's have a dinner party. So music for an Italian dinner at home was featured um, along with uh, French dinner at home, Chinese dinner at home. And then the American version of dinner at home was the barbecue. That's a whole series. Um, but then we were also thinking mid-century, that's Cold War. So we were very interested to find resonances with Cold War um, after World War II in that kind of mid-century Sputnik has, you know, beaten us into outer space kind of dynamic. And so we have a chapter on Cuba and we have a chapter on space and we have a chapter that focuses, and this is all record covers, basically the graphics on the record covers. And they're so beautiful. That's what we're focused on in, in that book. And we tried to thematize it so that it made, made sense in this cultural history kind of way. Wow. And then the most the book that's just come coming out is um, designed for dancing: How Mid Century Records Taught America to Dance. And so a record like this one, <laughs> Square Dance, is is in it. Um, that's the Square Dance chapter. Some of the records that I have from my grandfather, he was a Square Dance caller, are in the book, and they sort of start the book out this sense of you know family lineage. But then we've got a chapter on. Again, the Supremes, the go-go dancing, the, the 60s dance. We have chapters on folk dance. So um, Lebanese, Italian. Oh, we're Lebanese. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of uh, Syrian records. Oh, my gosh. Arabic well, yeah. I love this record. It's Lebanese folk dance. And, the, and some of the liner notes, the way that they describe how you are eating with everyone in the in the town and then you go out to the village and you you see the people dancing and you're able to join in and they have a little blessing they say at the end you know it's like we greet you we greet you once again we welcome you back and it's just it, the, it's the liner notes are moving they they're they're truly moving yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my album covers on those are almost um <laughs> rated x because uh, the belly dancers <laughs> yes. they got the little things that go on the nipples with the tassels they tassel. yeah. i remember liking uh those very much you when like I was those. a little boy yeah. <laughs> we, we actually we have, we have that one we have a chapter on belly dance yeah. and the my port favorite was saeed port, port saeed that's it we have yep, it in yep. there it's in the, it's in the book. I, you know, we're, we're Middle Eastern, so I heard that Syrian music like all through my childhood. Mm -hmm. oh, so cool. when I became an adult, I started playing it and 
Everyone yeah. thought I was crazy, but I, it brought back such memories. Yeah. Well, what yeah. we realized about the belly dance records in many cases, the, the covers are, you know, exotic and yeah. erotic and, and really some of them quite outrageous and, and funny. Um, but what we realized was in some ways, it really was just a marketing technique to open people's yeah. eyes within the United States to some of the, the most well-known and, 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 talented um, musicians that were trying to make a kind of international career. So many times the music isn't just completely hokey and silly. It actually is featuring the, the amazing oud player or, yeah. or someone who's, you know, doing a kind of drumming. So that's what we realized. Some of the music is, is quite good. Yeah. And they've got very good singers. There's a very famous mm-hmm. singer called Sabah mm-hmm. and Farouk. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, she is uh, on some of our records. We have her. <laughs> Look at we wrote you. about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We wrote about her in the first book because um, we have a chapter on records from Capital called Capital of the World. And you probably have this record. There was Evening in Beirut. Yes. And there's Evening in, um, I guess it was Evening in Beirut that we wrote about. And, and the thing that for me that's so exciting about those is that might have been the first time that some people had Arabic script in their house. Mm. You know, say you're just you're you're not from those places, but you're buying a Capital of the World record and you turn it over and there's English and then there's Arabic. Mm. And you can actually translate between them and you and you're being introduced to some of these really famous, wonderful singers. Um, so we wrote about Evening in Beirut. It's gorgeous. It's a great record, and the cover is beautiful. So how many books do you have? As many albums? <laughs> <laughs> two, two are published, so Design for Hi-Fi Living and Design for Dancing. And we're working on a third book, and this is about instructional records. So records that taught you how to teach, how to speak French, right. how to fish, how to bowl, how to oh, train your dog. Yes. Bowling <laughs> records. How to get bowling records. To talk, you know, all kinds of fun. The, the covers aren't quite as interesting, but the yeah. content is really interesting. The content's maybe. really interesting. So maybe Amway. We have a couple Amway yeah. lectures. Yeah. And that whole not idea of American enterprise, um, that again, within this mid-century post-World War II, anti-communist in a sense era where many of these records just like podcasts they were they were marketing a national yeah. set of values and right. you really see that it adrian, is you, adrian you have any records oh <laughs> really <laughs> my late my late husband would get free records oh <gasps> he would get demos uh he did a television show uh-huh. so uh he would it, he would do, you know, reviews and he would get all of these records, but they would snip the corner of oh, the, right. uh, the album cover. Yeah. So not all the covers are collectible, but when, when he passed away, there were some that were just so obscure, which I'm sure are insanely collectible. <laughs> um, I, I did get rid of a lot of those there with this, year I moved and I did get rid of a lot of records, a lot of vinyl, but I did keep a lot of vinyl. Um, I I can't say why I kept the ones that I kept, except that they resonated, you know, they resonated with me. I I could not give them up. (laughs) I've got a couple like that too, up in the attic. 
We have thousands and thousands yeah. of records. And I, and I don't know why I'm keeping the ones I'm keeping, but they just they just yeah. mean something to me inside. Right. Yeah. So listen, we're up on uh, on the end of our time. Why don't you share how we can get a hold of you or uh, what you can do to help people uh, if they have questions, etc. Oh, we, pe- yeah. If, if people want to email or, or contact us, I mean, um, I'm on Twitter. We have a, a website. Um, if people want to ask any questions, you know, if you could relay those to us, that'd be fantastic. And then Jonathan's got a Spotify list. He's yeah, working on that a, Instagram. We've got a Spotify playlist that's just designed for dancing. And then another Spotify list called Design for Dancing Folk Dances. Uh-huh. And our website is just designfordancing.net. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, what a what a thrill. I mean, I never I didn't think I'd have this much fun on the show. <laughs> but uh, you gave me so many great ideas for my aunt. So I love again, the idea of karaoke. That yes. that's great. That's yes, great. It is. You know, you can just give her a microphone. It doesn't have to work. It have to be on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it's always then, cooler if it does work. Of course, <laughs> but she'll still, there's, there's a different kind of connection. Right, right. <laughs> well, again, a reminder, all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on all our platforms mentioned before, like YouTube, Block uh, Talk Radio, Podbean, and many others. Also, my membership website, caregiverdave.com, free membership support. It's a community with lots of free gifts and resources at caregiverdave.com. Please click the like button if you're listening to this on YouTube or any other platform that has uh, that stuff at the bottom. It helps the algorithms uh, share this to many others. And to all my listeners, thank you again for tuning in each and every week. I'm at caregiverdave.com. Adrian is at thecaregiverspace.org. And she has a great caregiver community, uh, much larger than mine, 160,000 and some change. And... um, we will see you next time. Same time, same channel. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope not just cope. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing.